This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Friend or foe, that's F-A-U-X, is the comedy podcast that will have you laughing and keeps you guessing. Listen in as host Devlin Wilder speaks with engaging humans across the pop culture sphere to find out what propels their art and what makes them tick. This oddball and insightful show features enlightening interviews, games, parodies, ad spots, and amazing guests that have included Mad TV's Chelsea Davison, singer-songwriter Kina Granis, comedian Ver Das, Brittany Young from Glow on Netflix, and multi-grammy winner and comedy genius Weird Al Yankovic. New episodes of Friend or Foe drop almost every Monday on friendorfoepod.com, or you can always listen to them on jabberjawmedia.com. Metal Sucks presents Heroes of Metal. Real heroes of metal. Today, we salute you, Mr. Guy who performed the first ever stage dive. Mr. Guy who did the first ever stage dive! Without you, we would never feel like it's a totally normal thing to see a human being launch themselves off an elevated platform onto a sea of unsuspecting strangers. Beware of flying cuts! There's so many ways to show your fandom that doesn't involve you potentially crippling other fans. But your lack of self-awareness fuels your desire to be a gravity-defying piece of shit. Sir Isaac knew and hates you. Because of the example you set, countless women have been groped by dozens of sweaty, stinky lowlifes after doing their best to follow the trail that you blazed before them. Some call that sexual assault. So here's to you, Mr. Guy who performed the first ever stage dive. Mr. Guy who performed the first ever stage dive. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych. Hot it up. There, there we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to use two hands, buddy. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am your host. Way too loud right now. Ooh. Better Spite. Way too loud, Pete. Way too loud, Pete. And I am joined by Brandon Hahn. What's going on, everybody? So uh, this week we got a great interview. We have uh, Amelie from Mirkur. I can't. I cannot say anything that's not like. My, my accent's horrible. Yeah, if it's anything more than cat, Pete's got a problem. It's a syllable thing. Yeah. It's something, I know it's it's weird. I need, I need like, a, a lot of vowels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, Consonants you, kill me. So, anyways, uh, I got to talk to Amelie from Mercure. Uh, new record, Marait, is out September 15th at Relapse Records. Mm. And I did say that pseudo-correctly, because I did ask her. Dude, I'm going to tell interview. you. Dude, your accent was impeccable. On Marait? There's, yeah. there's enough vowels in there for me to yeah. kind of throw that out. Or, make, or at least make it sound a little bit legit. It's almost like trying to pronounce like a Hawaiian word, you know, where they have too many vowels. Too many vowels there, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. My tongue, like, seizes. Mm-hmm. So I, I choose to do something for a living where I speak. <laughs> it's the bass in my voice. Is That's this all for you a, need. Is this for a living? Is this for a living? Is this for a living? Come on. We're doing this for the love of the game, all right? Love of the game. <laughs> so one thing that I did want to talk about is you just heard the bit that Brandon did. Now, we sometimes argue about so, things. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it's quite often. We argue quite often. And so that bit led to a lot of arguing over... No, women don't get groped with a stage dive. They get groped when they crowd surf. And us arguing the fact of the difference between groping between a stage dive and a crowd surf. Yeah, and it's and 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 when 
Pete and I don't have anything to grope. Like, I mean, granted, you could grab our dicks or something. But I have a stage, or I have a crowd surfing story I will share in a minute about that. But all I'm saying is, is like when you look at, it's unfortunate because if you're a woman in any kind of a scene, especially like when it's like a metal scene, like where the pit, everyone's just on top of each other. Mm-hmm. They're always at risk. I mean, like, if you look at any video, like... They're always at risk of being groped. But I could use this in the club, though, right? You're right. I'm assuming. Yeah, but this is a different animal, though, because just because at a club, I mean, there's still... I I don't go to too many clubs, but there's still at least some semblance of, like, space. Hey, respect my space. I'm over here trying to dance. Mm -hmm. But, like, with metal and everything, it's just, like, it's more of, like, everybody just... They're all touching. Everybody's on top of each other. If a show is packed. Yeah. 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 I know what you're saying. But when people stage dive... I would rather them catch me and me not fall. I don't care what they touch. Does that make sense? So say you're a girl. I don't know if uh, I'm not speaking for women here. If you're a girl and you're like, I'm going to run off the stage here. Okay. And then sure enough, somebody gropes your, you know, let's say your breasts when, when they catch you, are you going to be mad about that? Or be like, thank God I didn't hit the, the ground. Now, if you're crowd surfing, I think there's a I fine line. Different. I think there's a fine line when somebody just like stage dives and their hands are straight out and they're just like, "I want to live forever," and they're just jumping into the audience. And then, yeah, sure. And then their tits just happen to bounce off some dude's hand. Yes, but we've seen it where I mean, I've seen it where girl like women will do that. They'll jump into the audience and they're literally like <laughs> trying to keep all these other dudes. From grabbing, I mean, it's not even the fact that they're just up there. They're literally like grabbing, though. No, it's 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 intense. Yeah, and then and then the so the, I don't understand why why you were even the, arguing with no, me though. You I were was, making it out like it wasn't happening. No, what I was arguing is that look, I know women get groped when they stage dive, but I think crowd surfing is the problem. Oh yeah, no, no, that's no. what I think is the true problem. I think if a girl wants to get up and crowd surf, dudes shouldn't or oh, people dude, shouldn't hey, just like molest hey, because them. Because the thing okay? is, you're right about but that. But the stage dive, it's like. I, I, I'm going to catch you wherever you land. I'm going to catch you. Right. Okay. Right. So I'm not wherever my hands go. I apologize, but it's better than that barricade. But I'm ground. even saying like when they go to catch him and stuff and when they put him down slowly, I mean, I've seen some of these women where even for those like maybe three seconds that they're on top of everyone, mm-hmm. like you're still like when they're getting put down, you see their shirts getting ripped up and or ripped like just up, you know what People I mean? People lift like, their shirts. Yeah. I see that during the same thing, crowd surfing. Like, But crowd surfing, y'all admit, yeah. And like that's where it, we argued about the bit. I'm like, you're saying they're getting groped when they stage dive. Yeah, which is true. But it, that's an inevitable thing because you're stage diving. No, 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 no. I'm saying it's not. There's one thing. It's a, Like I said, there's a difference between putting your hands up and I'll keep you from you know landing on your head and getting a speech That's chivalrous. You know? That's chivalrous. Yeah, there you go. You're, right. You're exactly. a good dude. Exactly. You're doing catching. some Captain Savaho shit, you know, like when you're doing something like that. <laughs> so, like, you put your hand up in the air and you keep them from, you know, getting a brain damage. And then, they, uh, and they're, and then they're thankful, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. You know, maybe they'll just give you a high five or something. That's pretty much it. But, yeah. it, it, I mean, but when you're looking at the... The you know, crowd surfing thing The crowd surfing, different. yeah, but I'm just saying it's amplified. If you get, you know, the, the, the sexual assault is amplified. The groping is amplified when you crowd surf. And I do hate that. Right? I, I mean... I, no, dude, I think any girl that crowd surfs... Um, should be able to, and people should be, you know, doing respectful the right thing, respectful. But you, yeah, but you don't but know. I, I, all it takes is for one shithead to it's ruin a, it. It's a little, yeah, it's a little too trusting, I think, in a, uh, in a, um, in a situation in like a, that. In most situations, it's a little too trusting because I had one crowd, I crowd surfed once. Now, I'm a taller guy. Uh, I don't weigh a whole ton, right? So I'm like 6'3, like 190, I'd say, right? And this was when I was about 16. So 
give or take, I was probably close to the same weight, you know, same height and all that stuff. So I'm awkward when people are going to lift me. But I remember I was at a punk rock show. I believe it was Social Distortion, if my memory serves right. And um, so I was like, people were crowd surfing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. So they're like, you know, they, they lift you up. You get all excited. So I get lifted up. I kind of go a little bit. It's fun for a second. And then some dudes just start wailing on my bread basket. I mean, like, <laughs> full-blown blast, right? And my arms are out above my head because you crowd surf like you're surfing, right? It's so And so up. I take, like, one shot. I'm like, ooh, and then there's, like, three. It's, like, in secession. Yeah. Like, I, like, they're going to knock me out. Story of my life. Oh, Boom, fuck. dude. So they're wailing on my junk, and I don't know who it is. So you, your reaction is your arms sink inward and cover up. So I cover up like a cup, but by doing that, my shoulders slipped between the crowd, and I landed on my head. <laughs> so now I feel like I'm going to throw up. I don't know if it's from the concussion or the dick punches. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and I don't remember what song Mike Ness was playing, but I just remember, like, walking over to, like, the merch booth and just trying to get my bearings going. And I felt like when someone punches you like that, you're going to cry. So my eyes just welled up, Right. And so I'm like, I will never do that again. And my friends were like, well, that's what you get for crowd surfing. And that's the attitude I hate. I'm like, no, I don't need to get punched in the dick because I yeah, decided no. to crowd surf. Don't blame me for this. But that is something, again, that's my lesson. But, but when you do do a crowd surf, you are taking a risk. You're, you're, putting, your, you're putting your trust in complete strangers. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's the, but isn't that the whole fun part about it? That's, maybe, that, it I think I that know. is the fun part about it. I mean, anytime that you just throw your inhibitions to the wind and yeah. just do whatever you want, then yeah, sure, there are you know great benefits to that. As, but the thing is, though, is that's where everyone fucks up also. Yeah. I'm going to live forever. Oh, wow. You yeah. know, that's how you end up landing on your skull. Yeah, and getting, I mean, I don't think I've ever been straight socked in the uh, bread basket like those three shots or four. Well, I don't know how many you hit me with I you, just, but I, I, I mean, I, you, I whelped. I was like, stop, like before I hit the ground. <laughs> Thank God there was a cell phone. This Help would be on YouTube. Me. I was like, why, why are you punching me? I didn't do anything. I'm so young. I'm, just, I'm young Pete. Stop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're bringing back nightmare yeah, memories. Yeah, I've, uh, I've actually never, I've never done anything. you never like crowd that. surfed? Never ever? crowd surfed, no. You ever stage drive? Uh, no, I don't trust anybody. I never did either. All I know is I've seen it one time where a guy's like, all right, I'm going to do it. And he jumps and everyone moved out of the way. And it was like, I'm never trusting these these people in the audience. I, never. I was on stage at a, it was a Fear Factory show back in the day. And I was like, and, the, and the, they gave me the wave to run. And I froze like a deer in headlights and security tackled me <laughs> oh, i mean i froze i'm like where do i jump like because like i said i don't feel my size is correct so i don't want to land on like a small person you know well so, it's security- not, not just landing on one person dude it's not like the cartoons where they you just catch them in midair like oh how you doing man i like, know no, that's but not like happen. in the moment i was like i don't that's the last thing i want to do is hurt someone like, it's like the last thing I well, want to do. It's I don't just think one of those weird things. I don't, think, I don't care if I get hurt. I just don't want to hurt people. Yeah, believe me. If you like to hurt people, you just walk into a crowd and start swinging. Yes. I mean, it's like if that's the type of person you Oh, there's were. plenty of those in our scene. Yeah, yeah all right. There, we is, know that. there <laughs> so, is that. We got gropers and swingers. Yeah, which I don't get, but I don't know. Nah, you, you know. Speaking of not getting things, so we have gropers. We have swingers, people that hit people for no reason, people that molest people for no reason. And uh, a new thing happened this week at a Metallica concert in New Mexico. A guy uh, who was obviously extremely drunk, which is no excuse for such an action. He, uh, he pulled out his dong and he peed on a child and two people in front of him. Okay. <laughs> right? so, so, I don't want to... 
laugh. laugh. It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, there's a lot of things like if, if I get hit at a concert, if I get groped at a concert, I'm mad. Dude, if, if someone somebody, pees on my kid, dude, if somebody pees on my kid, I'm like, dude, dude, I better get a t-shirt out of this. Like, or something, you know? I better get some kind of merch. Just as a payback or something. Yeah, that, that's not gonna be a metal fan. Yeah. That kid that kid's like, done. Okay. <laughs> hey, look, uh, some guy just pissed on my kid. Can I meet Lars now? I mean, really? They might say yeah to that. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I mean, it might be the next time they come through New Mexico or you know, it's almost like a make a wish foundation where it's like this kid got peed on and Lars is like, Oh, I'm gonna start up a foundation to keep kids from getting peed on. Yeah, yeah. And Metallica shows, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So could you I, imagine what would happen if they well, showed this what, is what, what would I happen, don't get. what would happen if we did a metalsucks.net podcast, a live recording, and then one of our fans' kids got peed on? I'm like, how would we handle that? How would we handle that? <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to say. Dude, I would uh you don't wanna like make them feel special for someone pissing on them. And you also don't want to make them. No, I'm not saying feel to give them. Neglected. I'm not saying to give them a plaque. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, hey, congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> you survived the. Con- you survived. You didn't drown in urine, kid. Way to go! Yeah, like, no, I'm job. not doing that. But I'm saying, like, you know, uh, like, how would you handle that? Like, because if your if your kid, because you got a son, if your kid got peed on. What would you do, number dude, one? You, like, the first what reaction you is you're going to go to jail, right? Right. Like, you're going to hit the dude. I can't imagine not losing in my cool on the man side coming out in that situation if someone peed on my kid. I can't imagine it, dude. Especially if my kid, like, cried or something like that. Oh. <laughs> when you hear your kid cry because someone hurts him. I yeah, mean, but, it, you're, but that's, there is your level head. So, in other gone, words, if your kid dude. gets peed on and he keeps a level head, you're like, you're lucky he's not crying. Is that what you got when I said? No, you said, especially if he's crying. Like, oh, that's the only, ooh, if he's crying, that's when I get really mad. But if I see him not, but if he's getting peed on and he's not crying, I'm going to be like, hey, you, stop that. So, yeah, that's what I'll say. Hey, <laughs> you stop that. Hey, and then I'll go, Lars, where's my plaque? <laughs> yeah, please. Briscoe got peed on. Uh, sir, um, hi. Uh, this, is my, I, this is my son that you're peeing on. Could you? <laughs> no. could you and he's be, eating nachos right now. Yeah. You're ruining his dinner. Could you be a deer and not do that? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's probably the way that the cops expect you to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> right? But meanwhile, yeah. But if you didn't have to hit him. Two wrongs don't make it right. Dude, really? But, really? If Risco, but if your son squirts a tear, then you're like, that's it. That's a pet or smash. But here's the thing. Like, we've been drunk. I, I don't know how drunk we've been. Uh, at look, I've been, I've been drunk. hammered. But here's the part that I don't get, right? I can see. I can understand. This dude just pissed his pants. I can't understand... The whipping it out no. part of it all. No, there's intent. That's yeah, intent. I don't care how drunk you are. For you to actually be like, I'm going to pee on people opposed to myself Look, and see if they notice. My thing is, is every time I've ever done that's something. That's intent. <laughs> yeah, that's intent. Like, I don't care how, like, if, I don't care how many beers. You, let's just say you drank like 18 beers, okay? And I, I can understand being so drunk that you don't even know where you're peeing. You know, like I, I think I, I told this story on our other podcast, Can you? Rise yeah. to Offend. You, oh, you peed on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember this. Yeah. Ri- if you want to check out our other podcast, Rise to Offend dot com, we're on iTunes and all the other stuff too. But uh, shameless ass plug. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a tell totally your fucking story. So, <laughs> no, but the, but what happened was is I got super drunk at this comedy show. And uh, they ended up driving me home, and I went home, and I just started pounding water because I didn't want to wake up with a headache or a, or a hangover. Well, I must have woke up in the middle of the night 
and thought I was peeing in the toilet, but I was peeing on, like I stood up and I'm peeing on the bed. Like there's an arc. There was like an arc and I'm peeing on my bed. And who was in the bed? My wife. Yeah. So you're technically, you, you weren't in public when you did this though. You're yeah. in your house. So I was in my you, house. You, you didn't have intent. I was sleep pissing. I was sleep <laughs> You were pissing. sleep pissing on the bed while your wife was sleeping. Yes. Okay. Yes. Far cry from me being at a... That's really? my reaction. <laughs> That's a, wow, you've been waiting forever to hit. You have been waiting forever. See, this is Pete's very first time running the board. I'm running and the board, And he has been people. waiting to just be able to hit the sound, sound clips. He couldn't wait. I want to hit everyone. Yeah, like, I'm going to do everything. But, Papa, coach. <laughs> thank you. But no, but you know what I mean? And it's like, so, but my thing is, though, is I went to bed and I thought I was asleep. It's not like... I don't know how you could slam that many beers and still walk into a Metallica around all those people. I mean, he he must have loved pissing on kids. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Jesus. Like, that's like his favorite thing to do. And then he was like, I love fucking battery. Boom. And he just was like, he couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't say what song that was playing. Right. It which, would be, yeah. which would be, I, I mean, I'm curious. I hope it's not Hero of the Day. I'm assuming it's Fuel. <laughs> yeah, give me piss, give me fire. What? That's not the right. That's not the right line. That's not the right line. Sure is. It's pretty. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely not the right line. So, um, uh, another another story this Seriously, week. Seriously, God, that is so disturbing. I know. I didn't know we'd go that far into it, but there's just so much venom to speak about whipping out your penis and peeing on and a peeing kid. Peeing on concert. a kid, yeah. dude. Really? No, I mean, yeah. Like that, that's a divorce. That is. Well, yeah. I th- if, if, I, if that guy's married, his wife needs to be like, that's it, man. Right. That's it. The Metallic concert ruined your life, but you peed on a kid. You didn't pee on a kid. There is no way I'm going to choose having sex with you the rest of my life. That's a wrap. Right. And now you deserve to... That kid, you need to make a necklace out of urinal cakes that he can wear. And, I mean, I was trying to move on, but, like, what are the charges here? Would it be assault? Would yeah, it be, I think Would so. it be, like, uh, would, would he be a sex offender? Because he pulled so. it out yeah. in public, right? Yeah, yeah. pulled it out in public. Peed on a kid. Now, granted, he was highly intoxicated so that he might be able to get away with, like, you know, whatever. I, I don't know if that falls into the, san, you know, crazy category. If you're so drunk, you don't even know what you're doing. Uh, I mean, you know, that's where the law gets fuzzy, but. I, 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 I yeah. I don't know if the law gets fuzzy on this too much, but I know what you're saying. Dude. Right. So. So anyways, uh, another story this week that was uh, we'll touch real quick on. Jeff Loomis uh, did not write anything on the new Arch Enemy. And he also record. did not pee on a kid. Never. Never has. That's World Dane. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Thanks I'm kidding. Clarification. I'm kidding, World. Uh-huh. Anyways, so um, but uh, when you have a great guitar player like that and he's just a hired hand to kind of show off on the live setting, is that not a huge disappointment? I think as long as the songs are written, as I mean, as long as the songs are good, I don't care who writes them. Really? I really don't yeah. care who writes them. As long as the songs are great, I really don't care who writes them. And Arch Enemies puts out nothing but good records. I like them all. You know, uh, obviously, Michael. You've been a fan of that band forever. Yeah, I know. Uh, but when I heard Jeff Loomis was in it, I got real excited. It's just like the Slayer thing when uh, Gary Holt joined. And I'm like, oh, the next record is going to have that Gary Holt and Kerry King sound. And it was like, no, Kerry King wrote everything and Gary Holt just did whatever. Same feeling I had. I'm like, man, the potential there to kind of like bounce ideas and, and make something sound fresh is there, but it's just going to sound a little bit stale for me now. It, I don't know. It's, it's upsetting. Well, the potential anytime you do some kind of a super group, we've heard this so many times where, you know, memorable members of other bands join together. And yeah. You're expecting this unreal sound and, 
And it, then when you get the two sounds together, it doesn't sound right. So, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they, they thought maybe we'll bring him into this band and it'll sound perfect. And then he started doing his own signature stuff with that band, with yeah. Arch Enemy. And maybe. then, I don't know, and, maybe... And they're maybe, like, yeah, it's just not yeah, Arch Enemy. Yeah, just maybe, yeah, that's yeah. it. No, you're right, man. And I know he's, he's still going to put out another solo record, so maybe you have a point there. But for me, it's always a disappointment when you don't use the full array of your talents. Because, you know what, taking that chance after, I don't know how many records are in there, probably at eight or nine, well, my is thing probably is, worth it to the fans. But you look at like a guy like Ingve Malmsteen. Mm, you know? Yes, Ingve. He's so unbelievable by himself. Yeah. He's got to do his own thing almost, you know? I, I can't really... It's not that he hasn't been a part of these so-called supergroups with quotations, you know? But it's like... I saw him do, it was like a G3 thing. It was like Satriani. It was one year. I think it was like three years ago or four years ago. Satriani, uh, I forgot who else, and Ingve. Like uh, Joe Satriani, I think. Wow. Steve Vai? Steve Vai, thank you. And, and, and Ingve. And he demolished those other two guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was like, wow, there is, this well, guy is one, like one of the best guitar players. So when, when you're talking about that level, and I, I think Jeff Loomis is an amazing guitar player, I think Michael Amet's an uh, amazing guitar player, but Ingve's like... Ingve's on a... He's a he's, soloist, dude, man. He's, like, he's, I, don't, I don't think... I don't compare many to that guy. I've never... Dude, you watch Ingve, You watch old videos of Ingve Malmsteen, like, back, back in the 80s, like, mm-hmm. when he was in his prime, and I'm not saying he's not still... I'm not saying he doesn't sound just as good. The only time I'm I talking, ever saw him live was at that G3 Summit or whatever. Yeah, yeah but dude, like, you, you watch these old videos of him in the 80s. He's all coked up or whatever, just going oh, back and forth, dude. And, but I'm telling I don't know, maybe. I'm assuming. I know, that's a, <laughs> I'm jumping to conclusions. I assume we're all pissing on kids. Yeah. You're assuming he's yeah, doing it's coke. The 80s. That's what we do here it's at the, the 80s, podcast. Dude, in 2014, <laughs> people pee on kids. Back in the 80s, everyone did coke. But it's like, uh, but dude, he, uh, uh, but it was amazing watching this guy. I mean, throwing the guitar over his shoulder. You know that move where you throw it and then yeah. you catch it? And yeah. He's, it's like he's throwing it, but he's doing it while he's sewing. He's throwing it behind him, catching it perfectly. I'm just going to town. It was crazy. I mean, no, dude. he's bonkers. I never thought I'd be bringing up Ingve on this show, but I'm glad we did because, yeah, he is bonkers. He so, is bonkers. Speaking of bonkers, horrible segue. Yeah. <laughs> I was bonkers happy to get to interview Amelie from Mirkur, uh, the new By the rec- way, hey, play that clip one more time. Uh, we There was a clip. Pete was- Oh, that's after. That's after the interview. Oh, we're going to do yeah, it after yeah. the interview. Hey, who's running the soundboard okay, here? Okay, I'm sorry. Son of a bitch. Wow. You're gonna you're gonna mess up my segue nope. anyway. So I got to, out of the way. I'm out got, of the way. I got to have a conversation with Amelie from Mirkur. Uh, the thing the the new record Marat is coming out September fifteenth, oh, and she is doing three dates, guys. That's why we wanted to put this episode out this week so soon. August fourteenth today, she's playing at Brooklyn. August seventeenth, she's playing also at Brooklyn at St. Vitus, I believe, uh, and then she's flying out here to Las Vegas to our home for the Psycho Vegas Festival on August 18. Those are three dates in North America. We want to try to promote that so you guys can see this person live. Uh, it's really a special performance usually. So um, anyways, guys, so let's move on into that interview with me and Amelie. Hello, Metal Sucks fans. This is uh, Petter here. I am here with uh, Amelie uh, from Mercur. Mercur and uh, the new record... Marait is out September 15th out here on Relapse Records in the States. Um, currently, you are in uh, Brooklyn, I believe, for the show you got Monday, the 14th, and you got one on the 17th out there. How, how's everything out there? Everything's pretty good. It's way too hot for my taste, but other than that, I mean, I landed last night, so I just got up, and uh, yeah, we'll see. 
Is we'll it see a, if I like it. Is it a muggy hot, like a humid hot? Because you're coming out here. I'm in Las Vegas. That's where I live. And you're coming out here for Holy Psycho shit. Vegas. And I'm telling you, man, Holy. we got a dry heat. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't look forward to it at all. But... <laughs> I'll just have to uh, roll with it, right? Yeah, you're playing. You're playing the big room, and the air conditioning in there is great. So at least you won't have to deal with it. They had a uh, a couple festivals out here, like the Warp Tour, and these poor dudes were playing in the heat in the oh, parking no. lot, and I'm just sitting there like I just want to throw water at them. Like they looked Guar played in their costumes in this parking, the parking lot. lot. Yeah, their set was only That's 25 torture. minutes, but yeah, still. <laughs> Oi, okay. But you're good. Well, Guar can handle. Yeah, you're good. You're you're in the air condition when you play. So, um, so new record as we just mentioned, Marit. Um, it, how much have you changed as an artist? Because like a lot of times when the, you did the EP, you did the debut full length. M and now this is going to be your third record um, mm-hmm. or second LP full length so how much have you changed as an artist since writing M um, I think that's hard to say for the person themselves you know that's more like something somebody else can kind of um, look at and, and see but I, I certainly have grown a lot as a person and uh, of course I think that reflects in the songwriting and you know for this record it was pretty uh, conceptual in a way mm-hmm. so um, so it's almost like it, it was it's like its own universe the universe of when I go to sleep so in a weird way I don't feel like it reflects me that much or, or the living breathing open eyes me that much and at, i feel the same way as a listener and it's, it's great that you brought that up because when i did listen to like mausoleum the live record you did last year um yeah. the atmosphere that your music captures is so um it's it's up front and a lot of people do focus on the black metal aspect in, in mirror <laughs> but to me you are an avant-garde artist you know um, well, thank you. You're welcome. And, and that gives you no limitations for what you create. So is it frustrating when people do um, put you like in a musical category and just say this is black metal, for say? Well, I, I don't think a lot of people actually say this is black metal. If anything, they say this is not black metal. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously some categories and like genre labels that get put on any artist I, I don't really care i mean it doesn't really reflect on me i always i always uh, bring up classical composers because you know like would would they have cared back in the day if, if this is neoclassic blah 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 doesn't really matter and doesn't matter to me but um you know i think whatever makes sense for the listener like that's the filter they would listen through and that's that's what it's going to sound like to them yeah. you know yeah exactly like there's and we were talking, uh, you know, off mic a little bit, like when I, when I heard the record, I, I had it, the atmosphere was me by myself, you know, just kind of like sitting there just kind of taking it in. And it's, it's, mm. it was perfect, you know, and it's rare, I think in today's society you. that you get to have that time, you know, but I do want to go for a hike and I want this in my ears, you know, I do want to yeah. have a moment where I'll sit there. And I always call it when, when the world just kind of meets and whatever happens is fantastic. Like I'll sit there, a, a blue jay will fall and, and the, what song's playing. It's those moments. But this record, I want to put myself in those moments. And that's... Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's, you know, to me, a, a, lot of, a lot of times, you know, but music doesn't fit 
every experience, you know, and it shouldn't, I think. It uh, shouldn't. Yeah. So uh, speaking of like an avant-garde artist that I feel is, is, is really talented well, you did collaborate with Chelsea Wolfe on a song on the record mm-hmm. and then the, I believe the bonus edition, there's a second track with you and her. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So um, I didn't get here the second track, but I heard Funeral. And um, okay. when you... When you do collaborate with an artist that obviously you guys respect each other, you're interested in each other's work, um, do you guys learn or teach each other anything new? Or is it more of a kind of a file sharing type thing these days? You know, I, oh, I mean, her and I, I want, we both kind of were a little old school about this because we became friends and then then we started talking about why don't we play some music together you know like the two musicians we are it wasn't like there was no end result or this should go for this so actually what i did was go to her or, or, or we went and met at a house in the mountains and we spent days together so you know in that sense it wasn't like oh here's a file of something so we actually um spent hours together and and just kind of it was very free, very playing around because there was no um, nothing intentional like this should go for this. So, um, but yeah, I think you teach each other something uh, is uh, subconsciously when you work with other artists, even even if you don't know it at the time. You take you always take something with you from that person, and um, and that's that's why it's so much fun to do this, especially with artists like her that I respect, you know. Oh yeah, so, for, for sure. And it's it's weird because it's like sometimes when you do collaborate with people, like there's always the personality you have to kind of feel out first. Like, is this person gonna follow? Am I gonna lead, or are we just gonna meet mm. in the middle? And yeah, uh, it's like the worst uh, first date. Yes, you know? yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, with this, obviously, it wasn't the worst first date. It was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it also helps that uh, we were surrounded by some other really nice people, and um, we had some nice red wine, and <laughs> yeah. so uh, you know, it it was really nice. It was up in a house up in the mountains in California, so it's like a cactus garden, and and yeah, really just great overall. Nice man, that's really cool. Yeah. That's how I, I want to hear everybody collaborate. But no, really. Yeah. But when I ask the question, it's like, yeah, I sent a file, and they sent it back, and I sent a file, and I'm like, I know, but that's I've done that. Yeah, I I, I don't want to do that. I have no interest in that, and I, I think I have a little bit more experience, maybe with I don't I don't know. Actually, Chelsea collaborates with quite a lot of people when you think about it. Yeah. But you know, I've um, I'm used to that walking into a room and all right, you know what? Here's my most private thoughts and some melodies. You know, just just laying it out on the table like that, and um, and it was just yeah. But uh, yeah, the file sharing thing is okay. I mean, I c- it can work, but you're not gonna get an adventure out of it like I did. I think I don't know. No, no, I agree. I agree completely. I, I think it's just time schedules probably for most musicians. Like if if there was a compromise, like hey, you want to work with Chelsea, and the compromise was like yeah, we we can't meet because of our schedules. Like you. The compromise would probably be like, yeah, I still want to work with her. So I think that's probably the situation. Yeah, but you know what? That's, I mean, she lives on the other side of the globe than I do. Yeah. So I still was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I want to do that. And um, the other collaborations I've had with Mirko have been the same way. You know, they've been in the same room. And so you can make it work but that's also because i didn't really care what i did with this record it wasn't there was no schedule or anything i just was doing whatever at the time so i wasn't too worried about anything 
So that's actually really interesting to me because a lot of times I hear that um, when people are making music, it's like the anxiety is part of what drives them to make it happen or like the schedule makes them like, we need mm. to get this done at this time. But you did not experience <laughs> that with this record. No, 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 I don't. No way. I mean, first of all, I've done a lot of music already. Yeah. I've been pretty productive, I would say. So I'm in no rush to do anything. And then I did not care about, you know, any kind of industry like blah, blah, blah. You should do this or that. It doesn't mean a thing to me. So it was fine. Nice. Yeah. So one thing about music, uh, it's just part of the, uh, the way things are, though, is that, uh, that, that there's an image that people always have to have. So um, there are challenges, though, because you have to have your image. Um, and so people can't solely focus on your music. Do you think it's possible <laughs> to take away like the style aspect? Like I was just watching, uh, what was I watching on VHS Led Zeppelin uh-huh. the song remains the same. And I'm looking at Jimmy Page's outfit. Right. And I'm like, this is oh, yeah. cool. But like he's playing guitar and it's just going, he's doing his licks and I'm just looking at his chest hair. I'm like, well, okay, I'm losing my focus here. But like that image, <laughs> Is part, I think that says more about you than I, Jimmy. But yes. I think you're right. <laughs> so, don't, don't tell my wife that. <laughs> so, okay, I won't. <laughs> thank you. Anyways, um, but uh, the uh, the image though is very much part of that experience, you know. Right. And and as an artist, like you are fully aware of that, correct? Or is it something that you're like, I'm not going to focus on that at all. It's just the music. I think the the problem I have with that word is that it takes away substance you know it's mm-hmm. it's a very hollow word and i think you can argue that my project is very stylized and very strong visually and all these things that nothing to do with the concept of image to me that's got something to do with my overall motivation reasoning for even wanting to do music and my you know if you if you will you can say agenda you know whatever you want i believe a lot in in visuals and symbolism and this kind of thing if you want anything done and and that goes along with music and i think it's a it's a very it's a multi-dimensional world with music and and it doesn't have to be separate like here's image which is a bunch of bullshit and here's music which matters you know yes See? yes and i think that um of course, focusing on a person's outfit, yeah, that's not going to get you a whole lot. Although I think many people would argue that what you wear is a, a conscious choice, you know. What are you telling the world? And you might actually have something to say through your clothes. So, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. And that, uh, with commercial success for a lot of artists, sometimes I, I don't see the substance, but I always see the style. That's, and that's why sometimes yeah. I ask, I'm like, I don't understand why hearing this song, why this has got so many listens but then i see like let's say a video and i'm like well this person Mm -hmm. is just so appealing in so many ways you know and that's where i mean that's engineered yes when you're talking pop world it's a different beast i've been in both worlds so i've seen both and but that's that that is engineered and that is also to satisfy a very shallow um appetite that we have as humans and especially right now. So that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, but it's good to question it. I think, you know, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and then, um, let me ask you this question just to change it off a little bit here. So, um, obviously I think every artist has some sort of spiritual, spiritual connection to something out there. Um, mm-hmm. when I listen to your music, like I, I mentioned the atmosphere I want to be around, um, do you feel more spiritually connected with nature or with humans? 
with nature. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I, all I do is try to avoid humans. So, but I mean, that's got also, that's also my own problem. I'm not blaming that on other people, but no, absolutely. I feel very connected to, to anything natural, mother nature, um, you know, just being in, in cause, cause it's, it's, it's so giving nature gives so much and it makes so much sense. And it's, uh, you know, when, to me, that's real beauty. Cause I, I, it's so funny to me when people talk about beauty, right. And then they ask me, why do you, con why do you think that black metal, for example, can also be beautiful? Or how did you come about combining this kind of beauty elements with the raw and ugly stuff? And I just think, well, wh whoever said that beauty is like just uh, pretty, you know, because when you look at nature, the kind of beauty that actually takes your breath away, you know, that's the beauty that hurts. It, it, you feel it inside your body. That's because it's also really brutal, right? Yeah. So that's that's something that I think it's in underlying the the, the brutality, yeah, and yeah, and it's just it's so hard hitting I, um, and vast. Yeah. And and somebody said this to me one time. I don't want to take credit, but because uh, I have the same kind of feeling. And and they were mm -hmm. like, well, the reason that you like nature more than humans is that you can probably count on your finger how many times you're at peace with another human being, but you can go to nature every time and find real peace and. Right. And I, and I, and I completely was like, I think you're right. Like I drive out there to, you know, shut off my phone. And then every time there's a moment where yeah. I'm just looking at, you know, for lack of a better terms, like, like, you know, God's creation, I guess. But like the, the point is that there's nothing more mm -hmm. beautiful no. created by I mean, man that wasn't created. I really by, agree. Yeah. I agree with you, but I will also challenge you because somebody also once said to me, cause I, when I've been really, um, you know, not well. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I've said, I need peace. I need to, why won't, why won't people leave me alone? Why won't, can I not get peace or this and this and that person, or I need to find this. And then somebody said to me, you know, you're sitting and waiting for like, peace needs to come from inside in that sense. Not that I feel I have that far mm -hmm. from actually, but it, it was to start and see because yes you can't be at peace with another human being the same way you can with a tree True. but i mean you also can learn from why is that and can we find it together like for example through nature or you know i don't know i'm, le I'm learning about that because i want to try and um, be around people in a more positive way you know yeah, yeah, no. Overall. <laughs> and I, I think that's very, very true. And, and, and like I, I've always said, like, you can't love another human being unless you truly love yourself. And that's the biggest struggle for most yeah. people, right? Um, is yes. to, to look at themselves and be like, no, I'm everything I want to be, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so, like you said, with nature, you can look at a tree and be like, yes, you know, this has got everything going <laughs> yeah. on. There's life around it. There's all those things. So, um, yeah. and loneliness is comforting and it's addicting, you know, um, yeah. and, uh, and that's, and it's easy where connecting is harder. You know, so. Exactly. That's what I mean. It shouldn't be the refuge of the cowards either, but I'm mean, seriously though. I, I do feel there, something has has turned you know the, the modern world might just not be for everyone and I might just be one of those people that it's not for and I'm just comfortably stuck in the past 
and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. But I also want to challenge myself and grow. So, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. It is. Yeah, but thank you for saying that. I think a lot of us feel that way. I feel the same way. I'm like, I, I, I can sense that. I can sense that even in people who listen to my music, it's, it's, there's a reason why, you know, people connect, I think, with that kind of music. Yeah, definitely. So at what age do you think or what moment in your life, like, you know, growing up, do you recall first feeling um, this m- more connected, I guess, to nature than like humans? That, like, is it, was it young in your age or was it more like as you were growing up? Oh, no, it was from very young age, from just being, I would get up at five in the morning every day just so I could be alone or out in the garden and just not want people to come over that much or or i think you know i've said this before that i would connect through with other kids through um through music and and things like this i think a lot of kids have that Mm -hmm. and um but no it started really early and you know it just yeah it pisses people off sometimes if you're like that but i don't know what are you gonna do yeah you can't i mean you can't make everything. You can only do as much, yeah. you know, and I think um, I'm getting better actually with age. So that's a good sign. <laughs> that's yeah. That's another thing that I, I think we all experience. Yeah, for sure. So uh, one thing no, I do- people usually get worse with age, like oh, their yeah. bad sides get stronger, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. And yeah. Unless you really self reflect all the time. Yeah, we need we need someone in our life to um, peacefully, I guess, point out our flaws in order for us to, (laughs) yeah, if someone, no, no one reacts to anger or jealousy or anything like that. I think, well, um, maybe someone does out there. I don't want to generalize everybody, but, uh, for, for me, you know, um, you know, people will be like, why are you getting defensive? It's because you're yelling at me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) So it's like, I I just feel I have to get defensive. It's a mechanism. I don't want to, you know, but, uh, and, but you said projection, yeah, all of it. Yeah, and and that's something that society, I guess, in, in a lot of ways, would learn because w- what we see in most, at least out, you know, where I'm at, is in most media mm-hmm. is the yelling, the my way or the highway. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, even with like our president this way, you know, and you're like, yeah, that's not teaching. That's just making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, like, no, it's actually. I don't think it's ever been worse. But I don't yeah. know. I guess I haven't been alive for other times. But in, in terms of the whole whoever yells the loudest wins the argument yes. type of um, approach to things. It just seems it's at a, a top level right now. And that mentality and is taught. Yes. Yes. I think that's, it's crazy though, but you're right. Like, look, look, the president won our, our president won an election by being the loudest in, in a lot of ways, you know? And, um, and also by being hated and written. I don't understand how people don't understand that. <laughs> But I don't know. I always say that to people about my people say, oh, I feel so bad for you. There's all these people who hate you online. And I said, I'm sorry, but in this day of age, that's how Donald Trump became president. You know, I am the Donald Trump of metal. No, (laughs) we are not going to use that quote. (laughs) (laughs) You can. I don't care. See, That's the beauty. Then it'll get rid of. Individualism, I think, uh, really speaks to a lot of the things you do. Um, You are unique. You are fearless. But does that in in your music, at least, um, does that make your life more difficult or is it just more worthwhile than 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 most you think? Uh, well, I don't know about others. I, I certainly feel that in the in the creative department that that makes it um, worthwhile for me because 
then I, that, that's what I want to keep. That's why I want to keep creating music is that I now find myself in a position where no one can tell me what is Mirko, what should the next move be, or she should have done this. No, no one can tell me that, you know, and no one has any interest in saying that, you know, on my team. So I have this in, incredible freedom. And, um, you know, I, as soon as I feel like, oh, oh, this smells like music industry business, then I just want to just know. I, I want to play folk music and metal and I want to do anything I want to do. And I think I am right now at a platform where I have that freedom. So I'm certainly enjoying that because I don't I don't think a lot of artists truly feel that. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't think I don't think they do, but I think it's a lot to do yeah. with the time. Because if you go back, like before my time or your time, if you go to like the mm-hmm. '80s or the '70s, that's mm-hmm. what pop music was: fearless artists trying something new on every record. You know, if you listen to something right. the Beatles did or Peter Gabriel mm-hmm. or and all that stuff. And now that we're all sub genred, you know, <laughs> it yeah. seems like it's harder to do exactly what you said. But that is it's extremely hard to do because well. It's kind of like a status quo. There is no money for it. (laughs) But at the same time, I think it's very positive that it is a sub-genre because that money thing also taken out of the equation, that leaves more room, again, for something pure. You know, uh, that that, that it, it comes from not the money point of view anymore. You know, I think it can be good yeah. with like this kind of place where it... I agree. I think I've always said every great artist never made a decision for money. You know, they, they made it for themselves and then the world related, you know, so that's, that's, yeah. it's harder to break through in this climate. That's for sure. But, um, doing what you're doing is what will keep you alive past the years. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like opposed to the, the commercial stuff will be big right now, but you know, 60 years from now, not to be mean about anybody, but nobody's going to pick up a Katy Perry record. You know, who knows? I Maybe. think about that sometimes. Do you? I think about that. Yeah, because you know what? They probably said that about the Beatles. <laughs> I just I just don't know. I, can I, see them I, saying don't, about per- Elvis. I don't personally like it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they yeah. were right about no. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, nobody no, knows Carl Perkins, right? Nobody knows him. <laughs> no. it, well, yeah, yeah so. it's just it would be really interesting to see what will stick like that. Yeah, no, and and we'll never know. That's also interesting. Like like even like the Van Gogh and and all the stories of these amazing artists that are like timeless that didn't see it in their lifetime. I mean, there yeah. is no worse knowledge to me than oh, you never felt you know the passion that people had for your work while on the planet. But it's brutal. It is brutal. Just the thought of it, right? Ouch, man. So heartbreaking. <laughs> so, yeah. A couple more questions. So um, first thing, um, do you? study and follow anything for fun is there something that like every day you're like i'm gonna check this out is it just music and and your art or are there other little things like are you a an avid book reader do you watch Mm. birds are there like anything like that that you have like this knowledge of that we wouldn't be aware of um i've taken up knitting again that's awesome so (laughs) i'm trying to teach myself kind of um useful skills like uh, wood carving and cooking over a fire and knitting. I mean, I'm not very really good at it really compared to other people, but I'm really interested in that kind of um, life where you take back the power and kind of like, okay, what can I create myself here? So that, that, that certainly interests me. And then 
I mean, at the moment, no, it's, it's, there's just a lot of music and kind of, I'm in this black hole of folk music, mm. kind of really ancient, weird vocal stuff and, you know, story, folklore, all this kind of stuff because, um, yeah, I don't know. That's your passion. No, that makes total sense. But at, at a knitting, what is like step one of knitting? What's the first thing you can knit? Like a beanie or a scarf? Scarf. Scarf's the first thing. <laughs> and what's the hardest thing? Like a, a sweater? Oh, I'm not there. Oh, you're not there. I am nowhere near where the hardest thing is. No way. What's the but goal? The, what's the, what's the, the hard goal? Like a sweater sweaters. seems hard to me, right? But like, like Sweaters is a goal for sure. Yeah. yeah no, it's the, that's, that's because we imagine then that's so useful in this cold yeah. No. yeah for sure so um as far as novels and books do you uh do you read a lot or is there a book that you grew up with that it's like this is the the novel that spoke to me the most well i suppose as a child i mean besides uh fairy tales and folklore and um the sagas which i think maybe is what stuck with me the most um and hans christian anderson the the Danish author oh, yeah. of fairy tales. Um, then, of course, I when I read when I was little, I read The Little Prince, which some people know I have a tattoo from that book. Um, so that stuck with me as well a lot. That, that is cool, yeah. My, my, I, I would always have a copy of uh, Henry Rollins' Black Coffee Blues with me everywhere I went. Nice. And just read little passages because I feel like I always say like um, – with, with what well, I always tell people, I'm like, well, the artists you choose at a certain impressionable age will either make you a worse human or a better human. So if I worshipped Motley Crue, I'd probably be in a bad place right now. But since I chose Henry Rollins in books <laughs> that made sense to me, right, that made me realize, hey, do the right thing, not the easy thing, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I know a Motley Crue worshipper, and he's not a very good person today. So maybe I, I, you're right. I'm telling you. what. <laughs> I'm not saying anything negative about their music or them as people, <laughs> but, like, the image they throw out there, it's... It, it can only last for a couple of years, man. <laughs> like, They're a little rough. They're yeah. a little rough around the edges. For sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the, the the new record. Like I said, I got uh, a couple more questions and I'll let you go. I yeah. think I just said okay. that, but I had four at the time. Um, was there yeah. any uh, new song in the record that just took forever? Um, or did they all just kind of come together with ease this time around? Um, nothing took forever. The one, one song that was a bit more hard to sort of coordinate, if you will, was the last song on the album called Burnium, because it's, there's this choir all the time in the background, this kind of, um, deep choir that when I did it on my demo, it's fine. I do everything myself, but I wanted it to be sung live and by my choir girls and it's not on a click. <laughs> so, and, and there's really no um, kind of, I hadn't written anything down. It really just, it's very improvised. So when we recorded that, it had to be a one take, me and all of them. And it's improvised-ish and no click. Nice. So that wasn't very easy. But um, at the same time, they're so good. It actually was kind of easy. <laughs> And the instruments you guys used on this record, you used so many. I looked at kind of a list mm. in, the, uh, in the press notes. Yeah. Was, was there a, a, any new instrument or instrument that you just absolutely fell in love with? Uh, well, yeah. Was? I mean, obviously the Nukelhaper. Uh, it's, it's an instrument I've been somewhat obsessed with for, for a long time. And then finally I got one 
in the winter, right before, uh, or when I was writing the record. And um, so I'm still new at that. but that was a lot of fun to to have on the you know in the songwriting process and in the recording. Nice, nice. So um, I want to thank you so much for giving us a call in uh, Amale. Um, the new record, Marait, is out September fifteenth on Relapse Records. This is going to be airing on Monday, August fourteenth. She will be playing in Brooklyn on the fourteenth. And the 17th, so Monday and Thursday. And then Friday, she's coming out here to extremely hot Las Vegas, but playing in air condition (laughs) for the Psycho Vegas Festival on August 18th. And anybody out there, um, there won't be knitted um, shirts and sweaters yet at the merch booth. But we're gonna we're gonna talk again years from now, me and her, and I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna be like, hey, um, where's that where's that merch knitting sweater? And uh, are you gonna? That ever- is some sexy merch. <laughs> <laughs> go up there and be like, what do you mean it's forty five dollars? I made this by hand. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you again, Amelie, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. So nuts that it was kind of like that 
pop music to that transition to... Oh, we didn't talk about that at all. No, I'm talking about just her in general, though. Oh, her like, transition as yeah, an artist. Yeah, that's, yeah, like, yeah. You, I, Have we ever seen anything like that? Usually, like, when it's pop music, they kind of stay with that sound. To go to towards, like, more of a, a metal or ambiance? I don't think I've so. I've never seen that. She's a very original-type performer. I think that's why a lot of the, the nonsense and hate that you see online, you know, the negative publicity about that thing... Is because of the, of no, the fearlessness because, and the original. Well, it's because people are stupid, and, and that people are stupid. People are stupid, and everyone's afraid of what they don't understand. So they just want to sit there and stop it from happening. And then, little do they realize, eventually, that thing that they don't understand ends up being, in most cases, pretty cool. Sometimes, always, yeah. That's okay. The, in most cases, most pretty cases, cool. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so pretty much, it's just, uh, just it's always going to be a medium feeling, you know, <laughs> not too good, not too great, you know, not too. Bad. So the two songs we played, guys, um, off the new record, uh, Marit. The first one is, and please forgive me, I'm going to say these dead wrong. These are not English words. So uh, the first song is Lvinid. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so sorry, bro. Everybody <laughs> in Denmark wants to punch you in the face. And the second song is Menablot. That's what I think they're called. All right. All right. But those are the two tracks off the new record. Um, and make sure you guys mark your calendar September 15th. Pre-order that right now from Relapse Records out here in the States. One thing I did want to play before we go um, during this interview, I had a moment, like probably my worst moment ever. I'm going to tell you right now, this might be, stuck. this might be the worst moment ever. Not your worst moment, <laughs> the worst moment. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how long it took you to find out, like just realize what you were trying to say. This is a long time, no, dude. I, I was, I this remember, is a lapse. I remember what I was doing and what was going on. Cause I was doing this interview while at work Yeah, <laughs> and I, I got sidetracked by some stupid thing and I was like trying to talk. But anyways, I wanted to play, we edited this out of the interview, thank God, but I wanted to play how bad this was just so you guys see like, Hey, we're, we got a lot to learn here. But yeah. Here you go. Here's me with my um fest. Um, any, sorry about that. Um, and then um, I had one more thing I was going to say. I'll edit this little goofy part out. What, I, what was I going to say? Oh, and uh, um, any, anybody out there, um, there won't be knitted. Jump um, into the fire. Yeah. Um, 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 16 um, seconds 16 of ums. 16 seconds, dude. 16 that is seconds a lot, of bro. ums. That's a lot. Dude, she didn't even like flinch. Like it was normal. I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I expected a click at that point. I just right. Yeah. So and then uh, so that is it. I just wanted to play that little. Well, it made my day. I, I know, man. And I know. I'm so glad you didn't pee on any kids. I'm so glad I didn't. I'm so glad none of our listeners. Okay, I don't know. No. I'm, maybe there's... I'm going to vouch for them. Okay. None of our listeners. None of our listeners have peed on children at a Metallica. Dude, concert. way to go, guys. Yeah, you guys. I'm proud of you guys. And two listeners, I want to specifically thank. Uh, send us an email. These guys are really awesome. They're from uh, Durham in the UK. Phil Bolton, Joste. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for those kinds of words you sent us uh, via the old Facebook message. Thanks, guys. So, and that is it for the Metal Sucks podcast. Until next week, my friends, I am Petter Speich. Brandon Hahn. Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.